1: Betches Media presents Donald Trump was a, a stain on our country. I'm someone's daughter too. That's what I'm
2: So help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast.
0: Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking.
2: Hello,
1: I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Caitlin Bird. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Today is Wednesday, June 2nd. It is also the second day of Pride Month. Happy Pride, guys. Happy Pride. Pride. We were talking about this in like the Betches slacks this morning, but I feel like I am seeing like fewer rainbows all around us than I normally am. I don't know if uh, corporate America has really fully re-entered. It's <laughs> it's like slaughter of the real meaning of pride.
3: Yeah, I mean, it might just be that I haven't been in a bank or whatever to see <laughs> their, <laughs> their pride, dis- the H and R Block <sighs> pride display or whatever.
1: <laughs> uh, is there always when you when you were working retail, Caitlin? Is there a lot of excitement around pride? Like we're going to put a fucking rainbow on everything. I mean. I worked for
0: one of the largest corporations in the world, and it, it felt about as soul-sucking on the inside as it does on the
1: outside, <laughs> to be completely honest. <laughs> that is a well, soul- perfectly <laughs> succinct <sustained> answer. <laughs> so yes. today, we're going to first kick off with how Florida Governor Ron DeSantis chose to honor Pride. We'll run through this anti-trans legislation. Then we're going to talk about uh, Fauci's emails. We got a huge tranche of Fauci's emails that are just, I find them kind of fun to go through. So we'll, we'll do a little run through, look at this guy's state of mind, and then we'll finish off with a brief overview of the Texas voter suppression law. We're going to be talking to Mother Jones's Ari Berman about this tomorrow. Uh, so we will ask him lots of questions and I asked you guys what you wanted to hear, but I want to hear what you gals have to think of it too. So we're going to get to it today. So to start, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis honored the first day of Pride by prohibiting trans athletes from competing in sports. The Fairness in Women's Sports Act bars transgender females from playing on public school teams that are designated for people assigned to female gender at birth. Signing the legislation, DeSantis said, in Florida, just really trolly, in Florida, girls are going to play girls sports and boys are going to play boys sports. It's notable that he held the signing ceremony at a private Christian academy in Jacksonville. Private Christian academies will not be subjected to the law that he signed. He was also joined by just a bunch of cis female athletes, young girls, obviously teenagers in high school, saying that their athletic careers had been harmed by trans athletes. He signed it next to um, a toddler, uh, a little girl, like (laughs) like, protecting her. It was quite a display. It was quite a display.
3: this toddler is harmed
1: <laughs> I really hope that toddler in 10 years is like I'm non-binary <laughs> the the toddler Olympics apparently really
0: really get damaged by the two-year-olds
1: uh, changing their gender wait what God forbid somebody break the female crawl record <laughs> And children are basically interchangeable.
0: There's no, what is happening here? No six year old, like, wow, that boy has so much more strength than me. That's not a thing. You don't have the six year olds are just six year olds as a mass. And especially toddlers, like, you can't tell the difference unless your parent, the parent says, like, this is my little girl. And then you're like, oh. Exactly. Okay. I know, because I have a friend who just had a baby and I'm walking around with her baby and I'm just like, you can't tell this baby's gender, except for how What what in the the baby doesn't know
1: that baby, that poor baby, I would be pissed. I hope that baby grows up and is like, you've used me as a political prop (laughs) for your anti your hateful legislation. I actually should look into and I should have done this before I looked into whose kid that was. I'm actually very curious what asshole pimped their little kid out. And she like hands him the marker. And she's probably just like, oh, the the nice man is doing a coloring book. And like, really, he's ruining people's lives.
3: That is so disturbing, number one, from the people who are so up in arms about. Oh God, we can't involve children in, in what if I, my child sees gay people kiss or sees a trans person, but you're going to use them as a prop to sign legislation that they can't even possibly understand. But, you know, I think back to my career, As a child athlete, when for one season, my dad put me in a children's basketball team. And during our big game, I walked around the periphery of the field showing other kids my bracelets and did not play. And my dad said it was the most embarrassing day of his life. And I just can't imagine like how, you know, maybe that wouldn't have happened if a trans child had been allowed to play. Would I have been able to freely display my bracelets? Uh, to the other children on the court. (laughs) And
1: then if not, where would you be today? Where would you be today?
3: uh, Could I even, would I even be on this podcast if I hadn't had that experience?
1: I mean, yeah, truly. I I think that when this comes up, so we've talked about this on the podcast several times. So whenever there's a new one, I'm like, do we do the same conversation? Um, But I always tend to get the same messages after, which are people that, because I think we are kind of candid on this podcast that like none of us are huge sports fans. And I think the inference from that, or Caitlin, are you a huge sports fan? I ran a sports blog. You did? Okay. So good. I'm glad you're here today. Sammy and I generally are like whatever sports, but I try hard not to like disparage them. I know they're very important to kids. I actually think that a lot of my uh, maladjustment issues as an adult come from the fact that I was not on team sports. Like I think that they're fantastic. Um, So we do get a, a reply and, and from people saying, you know, this is an important issue, but I think it's also important to hold space for the fact that athletics is important for girls. And um, if there are trans athletes who notably important to know are also girls (laughs) who are breaking records that somehow compromises their opportunities. I mean, it has real energy of like, you know how like, I think one of the main plaintiffs in one of the affirmative action cases for Texas University is like a, a white woman who was nowhere near getting in. Yeah, um, yeah. After, Abby. after, Abby. No- yes, Abby. exactly.
3: Uh, yeah. I remember Abby. Abby Fisher.
1: There we go. Abby- oh my yes. god, exactly. And and I don't know. That's that's not what I think people are saying when they send me those messages because I do think that's important. But I think, do you guys feel like maybe that reaction just overstates how many people's lives would really be like just tragically affected by letting all girls play in sports?
0: I mean, uh, yes. So kind of want to
1: uh, pull So the big thing is yeah, I, I should note I didn't tell you guys we were going to a- address that question before the podcast. <laughs>
0: that's okay.
1: Um, that's not a thorny,
0: dangerous issue. Oh, no, you no, get no. me sent things. Um, no, I'm kidding. Um, no, but I think like that you have that first reaction. So going back, like I want to go back to like, I guess use my own evolution as a, as a point. First of all, it's because we live in a society that is incredibly transphobic it's not a terrible thing for you to have a transphobic thought and then have to unpack that thought. Like we all need to do it. And it is something that I have gotten from the trans people in my life and and other people who are non-binary who said like, Oh, we're unpacking it all the time Mm -hmm. and we live inside the identity. So it's not unusual to have to unpack this stuff because it's given to you. So I want to start from that. But the the other thing, so like no, there's no blame here for those people. Like I get it, where we live in a terrible society. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you should actually do the unpacking and really ask. First of all, <laughs> these are like the top 0.1 percent of athletes in general, and. Uh, I mean, regardless, trans people are just people and they're athletes and they're doing the same things like they still have to do all the work to get to those places. It's not like it happens automatically. And then last is that, like, there's a lot bound up in that. Right. Like speaking as somebody who is a big tennis fan, I actually started playing tennis like the year that um, Venus, uh, I think, went professional. Wow. And I mean, I was told a lot, like, black girls don't play tennis, so that was super fun. But the other thing was, oh, Serena and Venus, they're like men. Oh, they're not feminine. Oh, they're, they're too powerful. Oh, this is not what the sport is supposed to look like. Oh, they're ruining the sport. That kind of trans misogyny, but also, I mean, neither of them is trans, they're both cis. Yeah. But like that kind of mis- trans misogynoir, even where black women get placed into a space of, oh, they're not feminine. And then it, it this is a whole permeation of like what femininity is supposed to be and making it small and delicate and not respecting the, the athletic prowess and the capabilities of women women as a class, women, including cis and trans women, and saying like, oh, what it means to be feminine means to be cute and pretty and, 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 and the athleticism is more about how you can look fit and stay slim than it is about your actual performance. So there's a definite hostility to, to that, that rings through all of this. And so for people who are worried about like, Well, some girl out there, like I assure you, it's not going to be all trans athletes, even if it were, I have no idea how that would work mathematically, but whatever. even if it were, you're still talking about women and you're still defining feminine achievement by how it looks and feels to you more than the actual achievements themselves. And so you kind of have to unpack that and just like, Think about how that lens has been used against women specifically women of color to say that our achievements are not real so like yeah. there's a lot working in there and like people you should just unpack that before you go around saying castor semenya
1: is like not really a great track star. Somewhere. right oh i think that's such a perfect framing to look at this is like actually this law is also extremely sexist towards women yeah
3: I was just about to bring up Castor Semenya, who for anyone who doesn't know is a South African. I do have Wikipedia up. She's a South African (laughs) middle distance runner who has basically been treated like complete shit because she's intersex and has been made to go through literal like genetic testing. They won't let her compete sometimes. They want to make her take hormones so that she like, it's actually like, this stuff is really dangerous and it's yeah. really scary. And we can actually see the way they're treating this woman who is biologically intersex and basically harassing her out of her sport because she doesn't fit into certain boxes. And like when we're getting into a place where, you know, they're testing people and stuff, I'm not sure if this is, the, it wasn't the Florida law. Was it the North Carolina law that said so. that people could look or at Arkansas yeah. kids genitals? Like we're getting into really scary territory here and i don't know what the solution to trans and cis sports and giving people um, for what that necessarily is or what that looks like or how or how like trans people competing in sports works out but i do know that it can't involve traumatizing trans people force misgendering trans people it can't involve forcing trans women to be in cis male spaces which we know is incredibly dangerous to them. It's like one of the number one, like like trans women are attacked in men's restrooms all mm-hmm. the time for going in there. Like it's not safe for a trans woman to be participating in sports with cis men at all for her. No,
1: they, that would effectively, like if these women and girls can't participate in women's sports, they're not participating in sports. Like, exactly.
3: It's banning them from sports because yeah. you can say, yeah. oh yeah, no, they can go play the boys sports, but it's like, okay, so now this trans child is gonna be like harassed on their sports team, whatever. Now this trans adult or trans teenager is exposed to physical and sexual violence in these cis male spaces that they're being forced to go into. Like, it's a very bad road that this bill puts us on.
1: Yeah, and in terms of like, Solutions to if um, cis girls would be impacted in some way. I just feel like this is everything that Republicans legislate about. Like down to their economic policy is like they want to preserve the idea of scarcity that there's not enough money for all of us. There's not enough uh, scholarships for all of us. There's not, not enough sports. Enough, not enough sports. Not enough room at, on college sports teams for all of us. And like. I think part of like part of the project of of equality, like all equality is like giving up a little. I I don't want to suggest that like that's hard to hear if you're like a, a, a high school athlete, I guess. But it's like we're all in this project of social equity and like we all pay taxes, like we're all asked at various points in life to give a little bit in ways like things that would. I mean, if society were built to benefit me optimally, it would not be a great place for Caitlin. It would not be a great place for most people. Like, to me, this just falls into those buckets where it's just like, I don't know, as you were talking, Caitlin, it's like, so what's the solution? Trans girls don't do sports. I was reminded of, we had the the conversation about Naomi Osaka yesterday where people are saying, okay, well, she has to do the conferences. But Dylan said, she was like, well, if she does the conferences, like, she could let's look long term, she could be so mentally deteriorated that she could die. Like, see, she can't do the press conferences. So like, there's no other, I don't know, just because we end up at this dead end, like doesn't mean that we have to stay there. We go back to the former step where we were before. I don't know.
0: I just think that there's, there. it's an unnecessary panic. It's a a falsely constructed panic. And yeah, that first, again, transphobic idea of, wait, but there are differences. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, no one's going around telling Caitlyn Jenner doesn't didn't exist in that way and that those aren't real gold medals. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like as Caitlyn Jenner is a person, no one's saying like, oh, man, she shouldn't have been able to compete. Like, OK, mm-hmm. but she was a trans woman the whole time, even mm-hmm. though she wasn't mm-hmm. recognized that way, even though she herself didn't recognize herself that way. She still yeah. competed and won gold medals and those shouldn't be removed from her because she because she she acknowledged who she is. And because we're no one's having that conversation. No one's saying, like, wow, that's no. gotta get undone. So you can see that. And then the other side, there are trans boys and men who I'm confused as to how they're supposed to compete on girls' right. <laughs> Yeah. Like, who's Very you know, confused all the way through to a yeah. logical no one no there's no logical conclusion it is about preserving this gender binary in an incredibly painful way so as we go back and i think about that you know like we there's no this is not logical this is an emotional reaction to the world changing and people mm-hmm. being their full selves And not being afraid to be their full selves and wanting to participate in their lives in the fullest way possible. Now, there could come a time where that gets complicated and we might have to ask and be like, okay, well, this person transitioned really late. And that means that they still have some advantages as they switch to a different sport. So what does that mean for the sport? But that's Mm -hmm. going to be a case by case thing. And I'm 100 percent sure that it's not going to be an urgent thing that can't be handled, that we can't figure out together if we really want to make a society inclusive, as you said, Amanda.
3: And just to piggyback off your point, none of this needs to apply to sports at the children's level at all. No. I get that there are legitimate questions about how competition happens at like a higher level when we're literally talking about as Caitlin said the top 1% of 1% of athletes. <laughs> and you know, when we're talking about like high school and college there are a lot of opportunities tied there to how well you do. But when we're talking about little kids, a kids basketball team, like It doesn't, I don't even think it matters. They don't even need to be separated by gender at all. Right, I know, exactly. (laughs) Because the coach at that level, you're really just seeing like, oh, this kid has an aptitude for this sport. This kid has an aptitude for this sport. That can be done in a mixed gender team. Like, I don't understand why this would even need to come into play at the children's level at all, other than to discourage children from, Uh, transitioning or saying that they're trans if they want to play
1: sports. Like what an unnecessarily early time in life to make kids transphobic by telling them that there's there are people that are not like them that are there to hurt them and to keep them from reaching their goals. Like that's just That's just icky. And I I can't help but think that, like, obviously, we know what this is motivated by. It's motivated by hate. But, like, I I haven't really seen Ron DeSantis, like, you know, tweeting in support of the women's national soccer team. I didn't see him advocating for the WNBA when they had no weight room. Like, nobody actually cares. Like, unfortunately, people don't care about women's sports as much as they claim to when there's uh, when they are so worried that trans women are playing them. Except for the people that DM us, of course.
3: Right. Well, also, I'm sure that all of these people, when all of that stuff was going on with like fair pay for the U.S. women's national team, I'm sure all of them were on the front line out about the injustices in women's sports. Then I'm sure Ron DeSantis was at the front messaging Megan Rapinoe saying this is wrong. (laughs) This is wrong what they're doing to you.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Exactly. I've seen a lot of funny TikToks that are like, just like trans women that are trying to show how unathletic they are. <laughs> but it's just ridiculous <laughs> to apply to any, it's like, like gay men are like, like Chris Burns is so much better at me than doing like hair and makeup. Can I get him banned from doing it? Like he so like, looks better than me. Yeah, I
3: mean, <sighs> just restrict everything by gender, restrict I <laughs>
1: Hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So for our next story to start... Sort of um big news this morning for the first time since March of 2020. We remember that month, the seven day average of daily US COVID cases fell to twenty thousand, which still sounds like a shit ton of COVID cases. But I think yesterday was also the first day, or a day this week was one of the first days since March where New York City didn't have any deaths, which felt really big.
3: That is huge. I didn't know that. That's wild.
1: That's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Have you guys seen like viral videos of like <laughs> like nurses getting on the like overhead being like, we are clear of COVID. I don't know, they make me cry. That's now what TikTok has decided I want to see is like end of COVID memes. But uh, to honor the occasion or just in time for the occasion, the Washington Post and Buzzfeed obtained thousands of emails sent and received by Dr. Anthony Fauci in the early months of the pandemic. And they got it via a Freedom of Information Act request. At this time Fauci was receiving about a thousand emails a day and they uh, ranged from a thousand emails no. a day. And this <laughs> is not even spam. This is people just like begging real emails. This is real emails. <laughs> These <laughs> are cal invites. No, these aren't sales. No, these aren't. You forgot this in your cart. It's please save my life. So they ranged from NFL officials looking for personalized advice to the director of what seemed to me to be like a Chinese version of the CDC apologizing for shading him in an interview. Mark Zuckerberg asked if Fauci could make a video for Facebook's coronavirus hub and if the company could help with testing in an email. But the subject line of that email was thanks and ideas. And I just... Could not think of something I want less than an email from a white man with a subject line ideas.
3: Automatic delete. Like, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely Especially Mark Zuckerberg. If Mark Zuckerberg sent me an email that said ideas.
1: He did give Fauci his his personal phone number, though, which was redacted. He did concede that he was probably busy. Um, but I think what was notable about this, but it it also included the emails because I think together the Washington Post and BuzzFeed got about 4,000 emails. And a lot of them were just everyday people who somehow tracked down his email to ask if it was safe to fly or if their mom could go to the grocery store. And many of these he answered. They're time-stamped like late into the night, basically giving people advice that you generally need a copay for, like very generous emails. So Fauci told the Washington Post that he gets so emails probably because he answers so many. I mean, we've all been in that nightmare where you finally catch up on emails and the only result is that then you have more emails. Yes. What's interesting is we did ask his office. I never emailed his direct email. I didn't find it, but I also assumed I didn't think he'd answer it. <laughs> you didn't get
3: a hold of Fauci's personal. <laughs> I guess I
1: could have tried to like reverse engineer it, but I Jen, it didn't occur to me that he it's would answer.
3: It's Tony Fauci at Gmail. I'll For bring sure. you a million. It's t- <laughs>
1: Uh, That's definitely his personal one. But we did reach out to his NIH office like three or four times at different times during the Trump administration. He never could. But his office was always so nice. They were so apologetic every time they were like, he's just so busy. Like, we, we would love to make this work. But like, we're so sorry. We just can't. And through these emails, it looked like he was directing those responses. Like whenever he couldn't do anything, he directed his office to like, tell them politely that he can't do it. Um, Just very generous. There wasn't much tea in them, except that Mike Pence's assistant wrote a heavily redacted email telling Fauci, you correctly noticed the symptoms, but misdiagnosed the root cause adding apologies for the poker face. Um, I don't know what this was about. The most redacted of the emails referenced the theory that the virus leaked from a lab in Wuhan, um, I don't know if that was that one, but uh, Fauci's emails also show that he was very bewildered that he was a public figure. He was uh, did not find that fame pleasant. Uh, he <laughs> said, it's not at all pleasant, that's for sure. Our society is really nuts. And he wrote at one point to a friend that he'd only seen his wife for 40 minutes in 10 days. How did you, how was your experience scanning through these emails, Elise?
3: Oh, I... I mean, I thought they were really interesting when I first saw them trending on Twitter. I was like, oh, my God, the cons- is there like conspiracy stuff in them? There really isn't. I mean, right wing Twitter thinks there is, but there like really isn't. Um, but my favorite is definitely him responding to the Fauci fever, as yeah. they say, and like people forwarding him emails and him just being like nuts. This is weird. And it does make me think, you know. I think that maybe we uh, we rushed to sexualize <laughs> old random men who were involved in the pandemic.
1: I think got that's burned, a, I got think burned should... with
3: Cuomo pretty bad. Yeah. And um, while you know, I wouldn't compare Fauci to Cuomo. I think I think we should take into account that it would be bewildering to be the eighty year old director. of a country's pandemic response and to be kind of dealing with that while also everyone's like, you're Brad Pitt. I want to fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So maybe, I don't know, in the future we can think about that before we like slap some random grandpa's face on like a million prayer
1: candles and, yeah <laughs> like put his face on like condoms and tampons yeah
3: exactly and like start calling him daddy all the time it's <laughs> we like, called him daddy know, Fauci maybe... for sure it's like i don't know maybe this is just like a guy who's like really stressed at work
1: right now oh my god he was so stressed answering emails until two in the morning and as we know his voice gave but, but reading this i was curious about from you guys do you have like a favored email phrase whether it's something you rely on to like convey being passive aggressive without having to say it directly. Do you have like a, a phrase that you rely on?
0: I, I can't say that I do. Um, I'm I'm just a, a very blunt person. So <laughs> you don't now need now it. I'm thinking something, you're gonna you're gonna know. I might, I might soften the phrasing of yeah. the idea instead of being like, what? the fuck are you thinking? I might be like, so I would I would really like to understand your perspective on this. Love that.
1: That's perfect.
3: <laughs> um, I am mostly overly polite in my emails, trying to remove exclamation points, trying to take out, just wanted to, like I've been yeah. working very hard to remove all that stuff. But if you've really pissed me off and if I've been going back and forth with you and you repeat something that, you know, has already been talked about, I will re-forward the email where I already told you the information. And I will say,
1: see below. below."
3: (laughs) (laughs) And that means that I am furious.
1: (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I do that too. I do that too. That's my
3: shadiest move. Like if I'm just like, no, no, see below.
1: My, my favorite thing is just like if somebody asks me for something like after four o'clock on any given day or like on a Friday after like two, I will clarify that it will not be done. I'll like dare them to tell me it's it's like immediate. And I give this advice to every like entry level worker. Like if, some, if your boss tells you like on a Friday afternoon, like, hey, can you do this? Be like, great, I'll get started on that Monday morning. If you say that, they probably won't ask you to start at Monday morning. You got to make them. But if you just do it, they're not going to tell you no. So that's mine. I always just am like, yeah. cool, so I'll do this tomorrow. I dare tell you to tell me, me now. Yeah. Exactly.
3: Tell me you're going to make me work on the weekend. Like, exactly. tell me it. Make, or... That's
1: my advice. Make your boss tell tell you that you're going to work on the weekend and then ask to be paid for that work.
3: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Second, second step is really important as well. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea, they're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at Homechef.com slash FeverDream. That's HomeChef.com slash FeverDream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
1: Finally today, following up on a story from over the long weekend. So Texas Democrats staged a dramatic walkout in the state house late Sunday night. They're trying to block passage of a restrictive voting bill that would have been one of the most stringent in the nation. I feel like a broken record when we say this about trans bills and voter suppression. All of its provisions seem explicitly designed to keep black and Latino voters from accessing the polls. Again, we're used to this, but this one uses language that is really weird and similar, actually identical to language used in I wrote the initial Jim Crow era because I think we're in another one, but language used to bar <laughs> Black people from voting, uh, like that the bill's designed to protect the integrity, quote, of elections and the, quote, purity of the ballot box. So to do that, it would have made it harder to vote by mail or drop off your ballots. It would have ended 24-hour voting and drive-through voting, which a lot of people relied on during the pandemic, um, up to, I think, 150,000 people in Harris County, which in Texas, and th- these numbers matter. It's a huge amount of numbers. I mean, think of all the people that they have no other time to drop off their ballot than when their night shift ends or something. The bill also tries to ban Sunday voting before 1 p.m. This explicitly targets souls to the polls because, like, why else would you? Ban voting before 1 p.m. It also, and so also the polls is how uh, black communities are able to get a lot of people to the polls on Sunday mornings. This part is really weird. It also wants to require that anyone who drives more than two non-relatives to the polls who require assistance to submit a signed form stating the reason for that. This, number one, would inhibit, would inhibit uh, people driving groups of people from the polls to church, and it's the most ablest thing I've ever heard in my life. You got to get permission to drive people that need assistance. I mean, like, I feel like every mom over 60 is like a little scared to drive. So like, (laughs) you're going to bring her, you know, like that, that part is that with the language is just completely designed to, they're all designed to suppress the vote. And we're going to talk to Ari Berman of mother Jones tomorrow about why that is. But um, this is definitely the most wide ranging one for sure. And the bill doesn't just address the process of voting, but it makes it easier to overturn elections. (laughs) The way that it does this, frankly, I don't really understand because it makes no sense. It's basically just like a court can void an election if the number of fraudulent votes could change the results, whether or not they know if fraud happened. So I guess that just means if it's a close or, or fraud was proven to have affected it. So you just have to be like, I don't know, maybe there was fraud and it can end there. It also would have allowed partisan poll watchers more authority and access into polling places. And the way they would enforce that is basically criminally punish election officials who get in their way. So what we're talking about is the type of things where we saw, you know, people that had lost their races for state legislatures who were then trying to be poll watchers who were not allowed in. These type of people would now be allowed in and the people trying to stop them would be the ones arrested.
3: Can I just also please just to just to round out how fucked up this could get just to remind everyone that Texas did just make it legal for anyone to carry a handgun unlicensed on their person. Yep. So, you know, I'm not going to connect the dots there, but they could be, they're not too far apart. Right.
1: And (laughs) the only reason this bill isn't passed yet is because the Democrats in the state house, uh, they walked out depriving Republicans of a quorum. This temporarily stops it. um, And Greg Abbott, the governor of that state, says he's going to hold a special session and somehow that will force it through. um, And then it will ultimately be challenged in the court's
0: which is the hope. The hope is that this goes before conservative court, which has never, you know, for I I sit kind of permanently seething about the not taking the judiciary seriously. Yeah. I kind of always look at Democrats and liberals and generally everyone on the left who said they were being blackmailed into voting for a certain person um, and thinking like, we don't. We we are so top heavy. We're so focused on the presidency, and like Republicans are better at our game. You know, they understand how the system works. They understand where the pressure points are and they gain leverage over those and control over them much faster than we do. And we're here squabbling over, you know, whether or not is it universal healthcare or is it single payer healthcare while we're in our rooms with each other arguing about it. And meanwhile, they're, they're just murdering people. So there's yeah. no healthcare.
1: No we're healthcare health, for those yeah. people. We're unfollowing and muting each other over like not liking one phrase somebody uses. And they're just all like, you just hate women and kids and gay people? Fine. We're friends. Yeah. And and like the that's really important to
0: emphasize that the this is completely unmoored from reality in so many ways. Like the propaganda about the election. I mean, like, it's it's doing its job. It's keeping Republicans united. It's keeping them focused on defeating Democrats, which is the only they they exist to destroy the Democratic Party. There's there's no way to compromise or organize around these things like it continues to baffle and upset me that at the national level, we're, we're trying to convince Joe Manchin that like, actually, it is important for people to be able to vote because then there will never be Democrats ever again. And like mm-hmm. the fact that we're, we're stuck here because we have to convince who, who how, how, how did we get here? And this is just such a sick and perverse thing to watch Republicans unmake voting laws. Like this is what a, our entire system is about. This is the, the core of everything. They know it, we know it, and yet w- the the ways in which they are just dismantling the system and and unmaking the the citizenship of millions of people. And there there's no shame in it. They don't. They know they're not going to feel any repercussions for what they're doing. And that to me is the most horrifying part of all of it. Is like there's not going to be any consequences. Just like, there's no consequences for. I know assaulting the fucking Capitol.
1: Matt Gates is like on a loving life right now. It's a, it's trafficking it's sick and perverse. across state
0: lines uh, for sex is you know just a thing that happens sometimes, uh-huh. I guess. Like it, the, the yeah. lack of consequence is just so terrifying to me, and they're they're going to do it again and again and again and again until someone imposes consequences for this behavior. And voters are are primed at this point. And a huge chunk of Republican voters feel like they are under existential threat, mm-hmm. and yes. like they're never going to have the lives that they want. And and you know, then there will be people, people doing things. Maybe their children will grow up and be like, hey, maybe I'm trans, or maybe that
1: maybe child- I'm trans and I want to kick a ball around at school. God mm-hmm. fucking forbid.
0: Yeah. Yes. Bring it all the way around. Or maybe they'll marry a black person or maybe some other brown who knows what kind of there's so many different kinds (laughs) how to talk to them um um where are you from Uh, i can't just say mexicans (laughs) (laughs) you know like they're just they're just that's just them every day
1: just in their hands (laughs) and and
0: this is the result this is what we're
1: getting this texas Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm Well, Kamala Harris has been tasked with fixing it. So (laughs) no glass cliff issues there. (laughs) Kamala, get on this Uh, one. Yeah. Yesterday, Joe Biden announced that Kamala Harris would lead Democrats in a sweeping legislative effort to protect voting rights. He did so speaking in Tulsa on the 100th anniversary of the Tulsa race massacre. I thought that was uh, meaningful in the sense that he was really connecting the two issues. Like, yes, this is connected to this. And that's why I'm putting our first black vice president. In charge of it um i'm excited i'm excited to see her um take the Is lead on an issue that people have are engaged to go with... to
3: joe Manchin's
2: house so. every day i think just so get her own
3: houseboat and yeah. tie it up for anyone who doesn't know joe Manchin lives on a houseboat in dc that's yeah. his dc residence it's a boat so <laughs> Anybody he's a that's weird satisfied man on house, and he's but.
1: in charge of the entire country for some reason. Yeah, I don't like recommending other podcasts on our podcast, but the daily was good this morning because it was all about why Joe Manchin is the way that he is, and mm-hmm. in a, in a really like comprehensive way. So that's worth a listen. I have an idea. I want to make a video where we're it's like what it would be like to go out to lunch with Joe Manchin, and he just wants to slightly modify everything for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> can I have the vegan carbonara, but like not vegan?
3: <laughs> yeah, but actually this, and we'll just a little. Is, just the tiniest it's difference
0: like, like a perverse and disturbed uh, sally from when harry met sally. It's, oh, mm-hmm. exactly it's, it's exactly about own
1: personal preferences just, just because it can, it can right exactly he is chief like if you don't have ice yeah yeah if it's not warm then no ice cream <laughs> on that note that is our show until the end the forthcoming end of democracy i'm amanda diberman i'm elise morales i'm caitlin bird and this is the better sub podcast bye